everybody. Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to compensate your naturopathic doctors in your practice with hopefully without losing money. Yeah, it's, it's one of the bigger challenges that, uh, you know, that NDs face. And, and one of the things that we, we get asked about quite a bit is how the heck do we structure this stuff? Yeah, as, as you're hiring NDs, right? So, sometimes you're hiring, you know, residents um, or, or first time, you know, that's really the first time that they're they're out of school and, and, and they understand the medical side, they're trying to get better, but they don't really understand the marketing and how to bring on patients, the revenue side of the business. And even on the experience side, like sometimes they just are, they don't have that knowledge yet. And so when we get into how do we structure a way to compensate our doctors so that we are building a brand so that we have revenue coming in the door and in the end hopefully at least breaking even maybe in that first year with some growth opportunities moving forward yeah exactly and uh, we've we've talked about this before so go back and check out some of the uh, uh talk about similar type things before uh, so go back and check out some of the other episodes but uh you know, really, it starts with having a conversation around whether you want to be a lifestyle practice or whether you want to be an enterprise practice. And neither, like one side is not better than the other. It's just understanding what it is you're building. And, and we'll get into more, a little bit more detail into that here in a second. What we see out there right now is, you know, really two structures. And it's the, it's the 1099 structure where they're not truly an employee of yours. And then the W-2 structure, which they would be an employee of yours. When you're hiring, hiring to one model or the other and talking about that compensation package helps with that hiring process. That means you're hiring the right doctor that you're wanting to fit inside of your, your practice and your culture. And so yeah, you really need to know what that culture is and what you're building before you pick a structure, pick a... Uh, pick how you're going about with the strategy. So a common one that I think a lot of NDs start with, Alex, is that 1099 model. So let's let's jump into that and you know explain what it is we're seeing out there and you know talk pros and cons on it. Sure. I mean let's start out with briefly just identifying what a 1099 is because that's familiar language to you and I, but it may not be to everybody. So a 1099 is a is a contractor. You know, it's they're they're not an employee, and you can't dictate what they do or how they do it. Uh, you're hiring somebody to to do a a, a job, um, and there, there's really kind of two ways in which we see this done. Um, if you're hiring them as a 1099, then usually it's uh, like a room split, or sorry, uh, not a room split, but a, a split on the the revenue that's coming in the door. Um, the other way of of hiring somebody under a contractor type model is simply to allow them to run their own practice and you're charging them a fee uh, for renting a room, you know, room rental. There, there's a couple different structures for it, but it, it's essentially a room rental. Um, and then, you know, the question becomes, okay, what's involved in that? Do they have access to the staff? Are they marketing under your name? Uh, do they have to pay their own utilities? Like what all is included? And there's a, a, a host of different, options that exist within that yeah so i mean the most common one is that room charge type of uh setup 
And, you know, when you set your practice up this way, right, there's pros and cons to both sides. So I, I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other. It's more of does it align with the practice that you're trying to build? So the, the 1099, right, the pros is if you're renting this room out, that does provide some passive income that comes in the door to maybe offset some of your expenses, you know, however you choose to, to utilize that money. Yeah. And at the same time, like you don't have a whole lot of control over it because they are like the, the only thing that they're doing is paying a fee to rent a room. And like the the stability of that income is based really on two things. One, how well is the contract written? Um, and two, how well is that other uh, ND able to to you know run their practice? So you're, you're somewhat beholden to you know, other people in that, in that type of a structure. Yeah. A con around this could be a, you know, if, if the person that is renting the room for you, if there's a lot of turnover and renting that room, so you're constantly having to find someone or B right. And this is something we've spoken into. Alex already brought it up the lifestyle versus enterprise practice. If you're trying to build a practice where the value is going up, and it's a sellable practice, it's harder to sell a practice when you are the practice. Because, because that 1099 model, they can take their patients and go wherever they want. They're just renting a room for you. So they're not really helping build value inside of your practice outside of the passive income that may come in the door. And, and yeah, that's I mean, fine. And I, we're not saying that's bad. It's just make sure you're aware of it. You're not, you're not, misunderstanding or misconstruing what that's doing to your personal practice. You're almost building like a more of like a real estate uh, business as opposed to like, right. and, and then you're building a lifestyle practice alongside of it. So uh, the longer that you have people there, the more established that they are um, and things of that nature, that the, the, the more stable the income and the, the less likely there is to be high, higher turnover. Um, but at the same time, there, there's there's nothing there that's holding these people uh, to your practice or, or to your location beyond, you know, how they're choosing to market their own practice. Yeah, and, and that's common, actually. You know, I know there's there's several practices that we've heard of as of late where they had this 1099 model and they had a, a well-known practice and these other NDs were kind of nestled up under kind of that name and that brand. But then the NDs who were 1099 decided, okay, I'm going to go start my own or I'm going to leave. And all of a sudden that changes everything that they were building and, it, and it's a drastic change. So again, it's, it's what it is you're building and understanding the risk that's associated with that. Absolutely. Um, and shifting over to talk about the split, when you're talking about the split arrangement, um, now it, there's a little bit of a different structure there. Um, you're taking on maybe a little bit more uh, responsibility because you know oftentimes you're paying for uh, utilities and uh, uh, staff and things of that nature. That sometimes, most of the time, these people are are marketing under your name, um, and so now you're responsible for for their actions and things of that nature. Um, and as a result, you have a little bit more control over the situation. Um, so the pro is that you wind up with more control, 
um, and you wind up with something that that is a little bit more tangible in terms of like a a, a saleable practice. Um, the con is is that uh, you know you're taking on like you're now almost it, it's a half step towards taking these people on as an employee, um, and so you have uh, you know a little bit more commingled practice or a little bit more you're somewhat responsible for for what they do it's really towing that line of whether or not they're w2 or not and that can become an issue just just with washington state law or whatever state that you're in right which takes us to the w2 aspect right so the the, the second structure is hiring a doctor as a true employee and right, the just the the pro, the the biggest pro on this, we've already mentioned it, is if you're hiring an employee, and that doctor is now bringing in revenue and helping you build your brand, and they're staying with you. Now all of a sudden, if you're, let's just say you happen to not work for a month, the practice is still going, meaning like that employee is bringing on patients and maybe helping you with your patient load. Like all of a sudden the practice becomes more valuable. It's a way to multiply yourself. It's a way to have a little bit more control because now as them being an employee, as opposed to a contractor, you can dictate more things to them about how you're doing things and, and the, the way in which things are done um, as opposed to just saying, Hey, we need to get X done um, and then leaving it up to them. Um, so it, it, there's, there are a lot of advantages to this. Uh, the biggest disadvantages are, you know, taking a look at like all of the different uh, additional costs and structures like, um, you know, anything that you do for yourself now in the way of like retirement planning or you know, some of the <clears throat> anything that you're running through the business like uh, benefits, whether that's uh, some of the insurances like health insurance and, and things of that nature. Uh, now we fall under different a different set of laws and, and we have to do some amount of that type of stuff for, for our employees, or we have to be careful about that. Secondly, there's going to be more payroll taxes and, and things of that nature that are associated as well. Yeah, the, the upfront cost and I guess the ongoing expenses are, are going to be higher on the W-2 model. So you have to be aware of that going in. Again, it ties back to what it is you're trying to build, right? And once you know that, then you kind of know which model makes the most sense. And sometimes you start on one side and move to the other. We understand that, but just bigger picture, understanding how the two options work helps you also transition when that needs to happen. All right. And one of the biggest keys here is just making sure that you're having the conversations with uh, with the the folks that are in inside of your practice and making sure that you're having uh, documenting the, the hows and the whys and the whats. Um, you don't want to constantly be flipping back and forth between two methods because, you know, at that point, uh, you know, you're, you're basically asking for, you know, various different organizations inside the state to come in and, and start questioning what the heck's going on. So let's talk about the, you know, the, the next piece around W-2, Alex, is okay, how do they set up the compensation structure? And, you know, we've had several of our clients, especially as of late, um, restructure their compensation package. Um, and it's it's for the best of both the ND employee and both of the uh, the owner of the practice. Right. I mean the the biggest goal here is to make sure that it's it's uh, 
mutually beneficial to both parties. Um, and the, the, there's two main methods that we've seen here. One is a salary, uh, and then the other is a split. Um, and then there's obviously some hybrids in there where it could be salary plus split or salary plus bonus. So those, those are the, the three or four methods that we've seen used uh, fairly regularly. And when you're trying to grow your practice and also hire doctors that are motivated to help grow your practice as well as grow their own in terms of their income and patients and really pushing the message that you all have, that split tends to work like a, the, the split with bonus structures, commission structure, not commissions, but revenue structures, that tends to be more motivational to the doctor you're hiring because A, they can make more income in a year. And then B, for you, if they don't have a lot of income, if they're not bringing in a ton of revenue, that means they, they, they make less money, which in turn costs you less. There's obviously time and training that you have to spend. So there's a piece of that. I'm not trying to ignore that. But strictly from a revenue standpoint, that's a huge piece. And so that's a huge conversation to have. Especially, you know, I'm you know, transitioning this out to the hiring process. Like imagine when you're, mm -hmm. when you're hiring and going through the interviews and you explain, well, we have this compensation package where if you do really well, you get paid better. And in turn, you use the owner, if that doctor does really, really well, what does that do for you, right? It's a win-win. And so it also, it'll weed out the doctors that don't want that structure, which tells you where their motivation is coming from. Yeah, and I mean, so much of this is, is making sure that you're finding a fit within your practice, right? So like, it, these are folks that you're gonna work with on a daily basis. And you're going to want to make sure that the, there's a personality fit. You're going to want to make sure that you're all rowing in the same direction. Because if you're working against each other, it, it's just going to make life miserable. It, the, the, the stress and strain and uh, blood, sweat, and tears that go into you building your practice, like you need to make sure that the people that you're bringing onto your team have at least a similar vision to what you're trying to build. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'll kind of end this conversation on we understand that that money and the revenue isn't normally the motivating factor for most NDs. We do also know that pushing naturopathic medicine and helping push that message and helping as many patients as you can is motivating. To do so, you do need the revenue. If you have practices that start up and fail, that doesn't push the message. Hundred percent. And and what we want is we want to make sure that uh, we are getting people onto our team, um, because the last thing in the world that we want is to wind up having, you know, resources drained off of your practice with a bad hire, with somebody who's who's not working towards what your vision of building your practice is. Uh, because that's that that winds up being less people that you can see. It winds up being more stress and more strain and more struggle. Um, and, and again, just less ability to help other people um, with naturopathic medicine. So, Alex, I think this takes us to the question of the day. Uh, the question of the day is: 
are you building a lifestyle practice or are you building an enterprise practice? And, and really thinking about that in terms of how that goes into how you're structuring your hires and what you're doing with your with your employees, whether they are uh, renting a room, 1099s, or whether they're full employees and, and W-2s. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. Make sure you head over to holistic-finance.com for more information on other episodes, as well as engaging with us to answer that question of the day. As always, Mr. Collins, make it a great day. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors at Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Brian Burklow, AR Insurance License Number 1531912. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License. February 2022.